Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT, go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang, because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles, Turtles and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. the ninja turtle power hour i'm spencer toon i'm keith mcguffey and i'm mike templeton and this week we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the 2003 series that's right we we are counting it off yeah one two three four i feel incredibly old because i was like i was a freshman or sophomore in high school when this came out that was 20 years ago holy cow yeah so the the show will officially turn 20 the day after this episode drops but uh you know we always release on tuesdays so it's coming out the day before yeah but, spencer uh, was real excited i am uh, for this episode <laughs> this was my turtle show growing up so when it aired i was around eight years old i don't think i'd really latched on to it no sorry i would have been six years old so i didn't really latch on to it i was like eight years old probably about when season three was coming around season four uh I was definitely watching Saturday morning cartoons and watching this, but I don't think I quite like understood what was going on and stuff until I was about eight. You uh, and your youth. I was yeah. 17 and a, a senior in high school when this show came out. Man. Yep. So I was faithfully trying to watch it unless there was a soccer game and had my mom pulling me out of the house by my cleats uh, <laughs> to go, you know, because I, I had to know what was going to happen. What about you, Keith? Uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I must have been a freshman because I graduated in 2006. So it must have been a freshman in high school. Um, but like I had just gotten a TV for my room like that Christmas before this this aired. I was so excited for the show. I, I would like wake up Saturday mornings to watch it, like laying in my bed. I, I love the show. I watched it religiously. Uh, I had the PS2 games as well and the first line of action figures. I didn't I didn't really get any more than that, but the first line was really good. I like I I remember the show. Um I remember getting the action figures. Um, my mom got me all of those for my birthday, um, as well as the, uh, what was their van called? The battle shell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got the four turtles and splinter and shredder. Oh, nice. Uh, which now, uh, Spencer has them. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you very much for that. When I met Mike in California, that's awesome. He gifted them to me. Yeah, I figured, you know, hey, you know, you you, you, you done a lot. You got me on this podcast and all that. So <laughs> least said, I could do is give those figures a good home. Thank you. Yeah, they, I know. I I definitely dropped off this show like 
the day I went to college. <laughs> so like I, I watched yeah. about the first four seasons, but I, I totally missed. I remember seeing like fast forward like those designs on like a magazine in Barnes and Noble like mm. several years later. And I was like, what happened to this show? Like it changed so Same. much. Like yeah. I I kept tabs on it through throughout like um after I graduated high school, like just to keep an eye on it. Cause like I definitely dropped off during the first season. Um, I may have watched an episode or two of season two, um, but definitely not past that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Lord knows I've tried. <laughs> I'm, I'm very vocal about how often I've tried and where I often stop is with the nano episode. <laughs> that, that seems to be the one. episode, that's which, like, yeah, which I found out is in. that's, that's kind of how that's kind of where everybody else has the same problem. <laughs> huh? Yeah. For uh, me... So I'm, I'm glad I wasn't alone in that. <laughs> um, but it, it it's always kind of stuck around and, and I, I can appreciate it for a lot of the, um, for a lot of what it did for the franchise. Um, do we want to move on? Yeah. But yeah. So, a uh, little background on this. This was, uh, yeah, this this had been in production since kind of on and off since uh, two thousand. Um, you know, Peter, Peter and Kevin, they had they you know they had their famous breakup, and so Peter was in charge of uh, the entire franchise by himself, and so this was a whole big initiative to relaunch it, but like in the way that Peter want, wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a CGI trailer for a CGI show that had been, um, been shopped around to different licensors and, um, different like TV stations. And you can see, you can see that clip on YouTube, like it, in all of its 240p glory. Oh man. Yeah. It's pretty it, amazing. <laughs> those, I mean, like some of the action scenes, like do actually kind of look good in that demo, but you also know they wouldn't have that kind of quality throughout the entire show. Yeah, it's, and uh, the other thing is like human beings are just so uncanny valley in that early two thousands three D CGI, like it's it's I don't know so much of it looks really creepy and weird to me to this day. Even as it's a, very you know, um, ages terribly. Yeah, I mean CGI is always the thing that to age the worst, the fastest. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so so the show didn't get uh, picked up um, by anybody. Uh, so Peter had reworked the concept and eventually. Uh, there was then the uh, other like Mirage inspired designs. Um, yeah, I think there was only ever like like a partially animated animatic of that that ever came yeah. out. Yeah, and so that one's not available online anywhere. Um, oh, really? Yeah, as far as I can tell, and uh, that that animated version never um, never materialized, uh, mm. and that one is based. Kind kind of closer to how Peter and Kevin like originally drew the turtles, like really early Mirage, like first issue and like their design sketches, like not even how they drew the turtles in the actual book. Yeah, they've got like the pointier noses and yeah. uh, all that stuff going on. Yeah, so, I have seen it, so it, it exists somewhere. Um, it's just like an animatic, though. It's not like a full episode. I've never seen the animatic, so. Uh, I don't doubt that it's out there somewhere. I just couldn't find it. Oh, okay. Um, so I then I'm sending it your way. <laughs> well, then hey, there you go. Um, 
So there, so there was that. Then uh, Peter went to bat for a third time, uh, and then we finally got the version of the Turtles that we're talking about today, the 2003 series, um, which borrows heavily from uh, designs from by uh, Michael Dooney, Michael the, the Doonster. The Doonster, the Bugman. The Bugman. Um, so you can you can see that in like, you know, those turtles are 100% uh, Dooney designs. Yeah. This is a weird time for turtles between like 2000 and 2003 because like at the same time, the Hallmark Channel was like developing a movie for mm-hmm. the turtles as well. It's it's odd to see what things have become since the early two thousands. Yeah, like the franchise was effectively dead at this point. Um, The only thing that was going on was uh, the volume four comic. Yeah, and that was like brand new, and that was brand new. Um, So this so this was kind of all part of Peter's real big brand relaunch, Um, because he still had stories to tell, and then he also we know that he's such that he was such a perfectionist on the original series and the movies and kind of always upset that it didn't necessarily always like portray the turtles in the way that he wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, so that this was his opportunity to kind of do that on his own terms. And that's how we get the show. Yeah. And Mike, I think you've put it best in the past that like, as the show goes on, it gets more and more kind of out of Peter Laird's hands. So like eventually we get, you know, the Ninja Tribunal series and then fast forward and then back to the sewer. And it's like, it feels like it's just steadily getting more and more removed from like Peter Laird's vision. Yeah. Even, well, even if he's still like involved in the process. Well, I think, I, I think he I, became more burnt out and everything. Cause he's, yeah. I've even seen him talking about how there was like lots of issues, especially towards the end of tales of the teenage mutant Ninja turtles, uh, you know, volume two that he had never even read. If, you know, being honest, like he actually hadn't even read them. Yeah. Like there's definitely, there's definitely like a step down in quality as this show goes on. Like, uh, you know, as uh, any show really does um, any kind of franchise show like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it, it, it kind of got away from him, but also too, like, this is very much, I, I kind of consider it like Peter, uh, this was his George Lucas era where he didn't have anybody to kind of bounce ideas off of because he didn't have a Kevin anymore. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the weirder sci-fi ideas that Peter loves um, get brought out in the turtles and you know, they, whether they work and whether they don't work, that's up to every, you know, all the individuals. Um, but it's, but it's kind of interesting how Peter would throw like, a bunch of ideas like very he very specifically was all about like this show very famously has no other mutants but the turtles yeah which i don't know in my opinion that really works as a strength for the show because that, that's one of the things i definitely love about it is that they are given such a diversity of adventures and villains to face in this series because of that and so it never gets stale like yeah. You know, you're never just looking at like, oh, man, it's another mutant that gets mutated by some ooze that's dropped from the sky, you know, or, oh, you know, or whatever. What series are you talking about? That's the 2012 series. I know. (laughs) uh, You know, or or, they're making mutagen in a vat. Yeah. Oh, oh, darn. Bebop and Rocksteady let let loose a 
bull and a mole. Right? Yeah. And so it makes their world feel so much bigger and like lets them like really world build in this series. Yeah. Like it creates so many unique ideas and concepts that end up have ended up sticking around in the IDW series and even in like Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because they're super unique and provide more for the turtles to do than just face another mutant and Shredder and Krang all the time. Yeah, like it's definitely it's definitely an interesting departure because again, like this came right after, um, well not right after, but like this came like me and Keith being, you know, original turtle mania kids, um, you know, shifting from, you know, what we knew to this, you know, that, that was a big departure. And like, I hadn't read the original comics at this point. Um, Keith, I don't know if you had, I had, this was my introduction to, I mean, like I knew what a Triceraton was from the cover of that one video game, but like that was it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Same. Like, and I, and I knew the comics, I knew they existed as comics. And again, like I was in high school at this point. So like I knew how to use the internet. And so like I had seen the original comics. See, Um, I was a dumb kid who thought when everybody talked about the original comics, they were talking about adventures, the comics I had when I was a kid. Yeah. And and I mean, you know, I I didn't, I had no idea there was another series before. And I did, and I did too. Like at first, and I did, I did too at first until I like dug a little deeper. And then I had found the, like the Mirage licensing website when they used to like publish um, issues on there. Mm -hmm. You could read like some of the original you know, issues because they hadn't been in print and they hadn't been reprinted in years. And so you could just read them on there. And so that was kind of, that was, yeah, right. A whole different time. And so that was where I had first read, um, at least the first issue. And so going into the show, I could like, Oh, okay. Like I see what they're going for. But originally like the reaction to the, this version of the turtles, like, wasn't that great. Um, a lot of people didn't like it at first. Um, a lot of those original Turtle Mania kids because it was so different. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, because it goes back to what the comics were like that once again, I don't know, the comics to me still had that same like big world, small turtles kind of feel to it. You know, even when they cross over with characters like Radical, you know, they meet Radical again and you see that while they've been gone, she's progressed and has had all this stuff happen to her and everything else. And she's like, you know, changed as a person. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of creates this feeling that, yeah, the world doesn't revolve around these characters. Like they are just four guys in this big world where you can run into anything uh, evident of them existing. This show really like, I don't know. it, It feels like they really tapped that well. Like they, they, established characters and use them multiple times got really good stories out of them like i don't know that there's a big push to get like more episodes of this or anything because they really like left pretty much no stone unturned in their own universe you know like yeah it's it's huge and they told really good stories with the characters they established but you know it it all wraps up really nicely at the end so yeah well because that's the thing is like for example you know, some of these things that they start off with and then just keep building off of it and create whole arcs out of. They've got uh, things like the notes from the underground arc where, yeah, they end up going underground and then they end up discovering like that there was these foot mutagen, you know, experimentation labs, essentially, at least foot like genetics labs. And then they go even further and there's this whole underground city 
where there's this guy that's like, you know, the last of his kind. And you end up learning that he's a Lintian, which are, you know, supposed to be kind of be like Atlantean, Atlanteans. But then it even builds on that further that they had like enslaved like all sorts of other like races of creatures and everything else that lived on the earth. And you have people like Raptar that come in. There's like, you know, people with wings live up in the sky. You've got the Sons of the Silent Age, you know, swamp creature kind of characters that, you know, were also come from that. So like it all like builds on itself out into like this bigger world yeah. all around even the turtles. Like, they discover more of it. I watched the Return to New York arc and they fight the like the shredder with the four arms and the, the mm. claw shredder and the and the tiny shredder from uh, the comics return to New York. But even in that, they're like, oh, these must be failed experiments from those experiments down underground. Like they do a good job, like connecting a bunch of dots in this yeah. series. Yeah. In a way that, like I said, it just, it really builds on everything. You've got a whole world, like the Triceratons feel more three-dimensional in this series than they do in any of the other cartoons because Even they've the got comics, like they're they're much more fleshed out in this, this oh, show, yeah. you know yeah well i mean volume four they kind of flesh him out a bit more when michelangelo goes and, and meets him again oh, but yeah. i haven't read volume four so okay yeah so you you've got traximus you know who's like this sort of gladiator character that you know was raising up an insurgency against him like you've got all sorts of other things going on in this triceraton empire mm. along with their conflict with the federation and and other things and so they they just feel like this bigger civilization that exists uh you know you end up having the whole battle nexus which ends up translating later on into the story with renette and savanti romero as well as uh you know episodes like grudge match like they're all kind of linked together even uh, like nano I, I know mike that's where you usually drop off but like i watched the <laughs> series finale and nano was in it yeah <laughs> well nano nano gets his own arc and that's the thing is yeah. like nano originally starts off you know he comes child back thing. yeah, yeah he no, wants, he's a superhero uh, at the end yeah he ends up in, in season five he becomes a superhero like he fully like figures himself out and uh builds he's himself awesome, kind like of a new body robot with like the cable dreadlocks and stuff he looks really cool yeah so like i said the like, weird mask thing that he had before <laughs> So yeah, like everything builds on itself in this series. Like I said, that just makes this like oh, the superheroes too. You know, you've got the Justice Force, yeah, the Justice Force, yeah, the ancient one that everybody mm. loves. I hear. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, <laughs> uh, I got that's one thing I'll give to to the haters is he's not the best uh, <laughs> character in the show. <laughs> um, but and so and so with with this like. I, I just, I remember it, it never got as big as the original, um, as the original like turtle mania, mm -hmm. uh, which I mean, how could it? Yeah. But this like did a lot for, um, for the fandom and kind of, kind of reinvigorating it. And this was like the first time that like, this was reintroducing the turtles to a brand new generation, like, you know, Spencer specifically. Yeah. And so, like in in that aspect of it, it really it really did its job. Um, you know, it. I kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the the other thing is, is, I mean, we're talking as far as cartoon series going for turtles, like this actually gave characters character arc and development, and moved them in places. Uh, you know, they had way more fleshed out personalities as well. It wasn't just the same 
you know, I guess copy and paste of each character for every episode, like it was in the 87 series, you know, you, you actually, like I said, had a world being built, you know, concepts came back and were built on <laughs> characters <laughs> went through things. Yeah. When they uh, said, I bet we'll see him again. They actually did see him again. <laughs> yeah. The only exception being the garbage man, but they were, I think, going to probably wrap that story up. And then it was too intense of an episode for TV and they never, never. Yeah, got it was, there's like a scrapped episode. that's like what Hun's, he's, he's like gonna, Hun's brother. He was going to be Hun's Siamese twin. Ooh. Okay. That was going yeah. to get removed from him and thrown away like trash, which is what leads him to become garbage man. Like That's super crazy. dark and like kind of messed up for such a not very good character. Uh, but still, like once again, it was like building on itself and like having something for this this character and, and somewhere for him to come from. Yeah. Man, I like this show. Yeah. The more we talk about it, the more I like it. Um, <laughs> like I yeah. can, like I, I, I can see the potential there. And like, I know, I know there is good stuff in there in this show Um, because I, because I love uh, Turtles Forever. Like that's one of my all time favorite things from this franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I need to get past that first season, (laughs) I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I skipped around, um, you know, kind of trying to get, trying to get the vibe for tonight. And I wound up watching same as it never was because that's the episode everyone loves. Oh yeah, yeah. But that episode like checks all the boxes though. It's like you don't need to know anything about it. It's like the super dark episode of of the kids cartoon. Um, it's a cool concept. It's a honest, future dystopian thing. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it better when gargoyles did it. <laughs> you and gargoyles, I swear. It's you know what gargoyles is a template, man. That's like that's a. That's a great show. See, I um, I remember watching that uh, that episode, the same as it never was, like when it was on. I was like, huh, yeah. that was a pretty good episode. But like at that point, I had already experienced the Turtles in the Future through the Adventure series, mm-hmm. so I didn't realize it would have like this whole like semi cult following. You know, twenty years later, like yeah. people yeah. Were still making fan art and and stories and speculating about just that one episode. But to me, yeah, like, ah, that was kind of cool, you know. And it's it's just it's just kind of neat like hearing the fandom like almost everybody loves that episode yeah well it does create a very interesting premise and like like i said you kind of want to know how everything got there you know the turtles are in this spot you've never seen them before Mm -hmm. uh you know michelangelo's you know he's become serious he only has one arm uh you know he's missing the lower half of one of his arms uh you know you got leonardo with like the glasses on and like the matrix like trench coat kind of thing yeah it's I don't know. It is super cool. cool. Yeah. That being said, speaking speaking of that real quick, um, that's something that this show does a lot and it's borrow from like whatever is hot at the time. Cause this is again, this is the early two thousands. The matrix was everywhere. Yeah. And so like everybody had those cool long trench coats. Everybody had Morpheus glasses. But um, what Ninja Turtle series hasn't done that? Well, what Ninja <laughs> Turtle series hasn't done that? Yeah. Uh, well, Rise, but... I mean, Dad Bod, they make all sorts of meme jokes. Like, 
they frame no, memes no, with all sorts of references oh, to anime. Oh, anime I was like, I was like, I thought you were time. talking about trench coats. No, not trench um, coats. I'm sorry. I'm talking about making references to things that are popular at the time. Good. Well, no, 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 no. But but that's but that's different. Like that's kind of just that's just kind of like the relating to care. <laughs> it's not the same thing. It's it's relating to the kids of the time, whereas uh-huh. like that is borrowing literally outfits and stuff from from popular it's, media i don't know it's wearing a trench coat i don't know yeah but yeah but it's, it's the morpheus glasses it's the, the morpheus the glasses on top of it the razor scooter the pinch the the razor scooter that leonardo consistently rides um i i think you've seen one episode where he has a razor scooter it's because there the, there is one episode where he has a there's like two the theme song <laughs> but the thing is is listen I was I was the child at this time. Skating, no matter what you were skating with, was cool. Scooters, super cool. I loved my scooter. A, a, it was cool that Leo thing. had a scooter. A weird thing that happened to me, I, I have a Razor scooter on my porch because someone left it on my sidewalk. And they haven't <laughs> come and stolen it back yet. So it's been there for like three <laughs> months now. But, so Razor scooters are still cool, kids. There you go. They are. Um, so it, it's it's stuff like that. It's, it's the... Um, this is this is also like at that time when anime was like you know, Dragon Ball and, and Sailor Moon had were on tsunami, so that kind of like started really getting anime back in in like America's uh heads and like really introducing a lot of people to concepts in anime. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of studios at this time like kind of ran with it but didn't really understand what makes anime anime. And so first season heavily tries a lot of anime like principles and like shots and angles and uh, with the action scenes and it doesn't quite hit, but that's also because like it's, it's very, I don't want to say I'm trying not to, I'm not trying, I'm trying not to be mean, Um, but like it's kind of cheaply animated, but that's also because like it's on a budget and four kids is a notoriously cheap animation studio. Um, so there's like a lot of design principles from anime that like aren't fully done well, but by the time it gets to later seasons, uh, because see, um, when I watched straight, uh, same as it never was, that's, I could see the progression mm-hmm. and I can tell that it gets better. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, and, and just like, and just like slick. any, just like any, uh, show like we talk about in '87 all the time, like oh, like this this episode was animated a lot better than this previous one. Like there mm-hmm. must have been a different team or something. Yeah. Um and so I I want to see that progression in um uh I want to see that progression in the show. So yeah, well, and as someone that I don't know isn't an anime, I mean like an animation like enthusiast as far as like an animaniac, if you will. Yes, an animated. I give it like, like <laughs> as in like I love cartoons. I love watching them, but like I've never been like focused on the principles and the I don't know the behind the scenes behind animation. For me, it's serviceable. Like it's it's good enough. Like it's it honestly works. But I also am not overanalyzing it. And I used to watch even crappier animated things when I was a kid, like chaotic. Yeah, uh, I'm not like <laughs> I'm not like thumbing my nose up at it or anything. Uh-huh. I'm not like this is, this is horrendous. Um, but it's it just it just factually isn't the best animation um mm. but 
I can, but I, like I said, I, I can see the progression. I can see it getting better, which is why I want to see the um, Ninja Tribunal and the Battle Nexus episodes. Cause like, I do want to give this, this show a try. And when I was going back and watching, cause I watched um, uh, Shredder Strikes or was it, was it, what's the first episode where the Shredder comes in? Uh, the Shredder uh, Strikes. That's when he first like strikes, attacks. Yeah. yeah. And he's okay. like in his armor. Cause it's, it's weird. Cause there's the Shredder Strikes. And there's also the Shredder Strikes back, which yeah. is like three episodes later. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause we were, so we were watching the Shredder Strikes and, I can see where like that was kind of like adapting Mirage and that's another thing like this, this adapts Mirage and we all know it does, but we got to stop saying it a hundred percent. Oh, it's, it's not 100%. <laughs> I mean, there's some episodes that are almost a hundred percent like right. meet Casey Jones is almost 100% the same as meet myself. Yeah, and I. But Justice force one was just like the, they just animated the comic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. kind of, I mean, they, they changed some things with the ending and, yeah. and how they made, but, things but you know, but you know what I mean? Like, there's there's that conception misconception that like this is no it, it is it, it is technically the most faithful because it's the only one that literally peter laird was like just animate the issue yeah, yeah it is the closest adaptation to the mirage comics but like i find myself wanting to go reread the comics instead hmm. i think okay. um mm-hmm. especially especially for that like for the shredder strikes um and then when I got to the Shredder Strikes Back, uh, <clears throat> the Leonardo uh, issue that it covers is like that. That's one of our favorite issues, and seeing it animated like this, that was actually pretty good. The fighting in it is a little little dated and clunky, but I think the pacing in it and like the tone is was a lot better than I had anticipated, and so. I that's that's the kind of stuff I want to see this show do. Yeah, it, it will. It grows definitely. I yeah. I I'm a big fan of the animation. I'm a big fan of the fight choreography. I do think there are some like whenever they need to fill that 20 minutes, they just add more fighting. Like when I was watching that Return to New York one, like they fought the same three foot tech ninjas for what felt like 16 of 24 minutes like it was the oh, entire there were thing. there were a lot yeah. of reused shots in uh shredder strikes back mm-hmm. like the same shots mm-hmm. like either just in reverse or like a minute or two <laughs> later and it was like but it was long enough that you technically should have forgotten that that shot already existed yeah kind of thing. Well, my um, brain does that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, and, and again, that's fine. Like you, you said, like you said it yourself, like you're not super analytical about animation. And yeah. Something yeah. like me and my little sister, like we used to love analyzing animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still do. And so that's kind of like, I'm coming at the show, like with a technical eye. Um, another thing I always thought was funny was that like the, uh, the, I'm losing, losing the word. Um, the key art, the the licensing art that you always see of the turtles, and they're like, oh, super buff, and they're like very much like the Michael Dooney designs. Mm-hmm. But in the show, like they're so puffy and round, and it's like it doesn't, they don't match like really at all. <laughs> Especially like if you look at April O'Neil's stock art, like she's, I mean, she's wearing like a different outfit. She's doing karate and stuff. She yeah, this very like chiseled face, but yeah, she doesn't look like that in the cartoon at all. Yeah. And 
it's just, it's just it's just very interesting to me and then like you see you see like animation production art um and that's a lot closer to how they look like um like uh model sheet art mm-hmm. and that's a lot closer to how they look in the in the show like i don't mind the tur- the way the turtles look in this show like it's a good it's a good standard for the turtles uh if you want to go in like that kind of little bit more serious direction like more more so than the 87 series mm-hmm. um i do think it's funny that they all color coded their weapons yeah uh, <laughs> where'd they find all that electrical tape <laughs> i know <laughs> oh trust me dude electricians just drop them on job sites and lose them all the time it's oh, okay. where they go the ninja turtles hey. just take them <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah, yeah. it's a good idea right. it's a good head cannon we we lose our I, I lose a roll of electrical tape like every day and <laughs> wow it's amazing i don't know probably not i'm exaggerating but it happens all the time yeah. i it's very rare that you actually get to the end of your role <laughs> <laughs> it's like me with ink pens <laughs> yeah i don't think i've ever in my life run out of ink in an ink pen i always lose them um but going into that uh also like the voice acting in this show is the turtles are good I will say, like, I, I think say, the turtles are good. The turtles are good. So does the shredder. The turtles are good. <laughs> the shredder the sounds good. The biggest I've heard is like Raph sounds like he's forty compared yep. to everyone else, but like yeah. I never had that issue with it. Raph, yeah. Raph just sounds way too old. I don't know. They're mutants. I just, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, their voice they're can mu- sound like whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it, but also like they're a little grating for me. Like I, I don't, I don't like Raph's voice. I cannot stand this Mikey. Oh really? This is my. I think. See, I think I because I watched a couple episodes backwards. I think is it Wayne Grayson? I think uh-huh. is the guy that. Yeah. He, I think he really grows into that voice. Like season one, it's a little like, but it, he he lands on it eventually. Okay. Yeah. I, and it, I just I think it's also just the jokes because like this is, this is a dumber Mikey, but it's it's like. It's not even like a dumber, charming Mikey like 2012 Mikey is. Like this is kind of like a he's. It's like he's. It's like he's a kid in high school who really wants to be known as the funny kid, mm-hmm. but like nobody thinks he's the funny kid but him. And it's that's that's right. kind of what he reminds me of. Um, but I do really like Michael Center Nicholas as um, Leo. Uh, he's always been one of my favorite Leonardo voices, you know, Michael Stinger Nicholas in real life aside. Um, and then Sam Regal as Donatello is still one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. No, uh, he, does, Veronica, he does a great job. Veronica Taylor as April uh, is fine. Like, it's really nothing special. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she's like, she's it's not a bad performance it's just it's just there <laughs> you know yeah i don't know I, I, for me it's the voice of april so but <laughs> um i just i cannot get behind that splinter for me it sounds fine but like i said that's also the splinter i grew up with i like, i have a hard time getting behind peter renaday well, I mean, I, mean I grew up with well. I grew up with Peter Renaday, but I also have the mm. same problem. You know, it's a white guy playing a Japanese character. Oh yeah, no, for it's, sure. It's less egregious here because, like, this Splinter isn't you know a mutated Japanese man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 
it's still the fact that he's trying to go for that kind of Asian oriental sounding voice. Mm. And it's the, it's like the faux Japanese, like mystic music that they play underneath him every time he talks. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's like really grating. Um, yeah. Mark Thompson as Casey, uh, much better mm-hmm. than it, it. He, it's a good himbo. Yeah. Um, no. Casey. I do, I do, I do wind up going back and saying, like, thinking this is one of the better Casey's. It is, in my opinion, it is the best of the animated Casey Jones. It's like it is. Well, I mean, he doesn't one. have a he doesn't have a ton of competition. <laughs> You're not wrong. I really like uh, like season one Casey Jones, where he like busts through the window on his motorcycle and runs over several foot ninjas to save yeah. the turtles. And after that. Like when they do the Rat King episode and they climb the fence, like he can't even get over the fence competently. Like he just goes downhill so quickly. Uh, Man, he he started so strong though. I loved him. But he's still consistently better than the 2012 Casey. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's just like the thing about Casey in this one is like he's dumb, but he can like fight. But he's also like, and you know, he's immature. But, like, they do a good job of showing that side, like, you know, in April's journal that she writes about how, like, you know, he's a caring, like, he can be caring, he can be, you know, kind and, Mm. you know, genuinely, like, a well-intentioned good guy. And and so you get to see, like, all of those things in this character. And it's, it just, it makes for, like, this guy that's charming, like, yeah, he's kind of dumb, he's kind of got a temper, you know, and he's a little immature, but you just end up liking him because yeah. at the end of the day, he's got like a heart of gold kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, he, rem- he reminds me more of like a, like a launch pad from DuckTales, but like with an anger issue. Mm. And like, I like that. Like it's, it's, it's not, it, it's a good Casey. Um, yeah. And then we swing back to Scotty Ray as shredder. And it's like, it's the same thing. Like technically this, isn't a Japanese man because he's, you know, a neutron. Yeah. But when he's a Rokusaki, like he's doing a fake Japanese accent. And it's like, uh, it's just not, not great. Um, But I want to talk about that because like, that was one of the big changes that threw a lot of people off mm. was making oh, yeah. Shredder a neutron. Yeah. I remember, man, when, when he cut off Shredder's head, in this I, I remember that morning i was like oh my god they killed yeah. shredder what and then but you see him stand up at the end I'm like oh it must have been a robot no, like puts his head know, back on or something i was like man that that's a ballsy move for a saturday morning kids cartoon yeah like, i i never got to be totally fully conscious for that reveal i'm pretty sure i got it revealed that he was a new trauma to me mm. before then i just kind of always knew yeah uh i don't ever have a memory of it being revealed so, like I said, I got into the series like season three or four. So by that time, oh, he was already was common knowledge at that point. Yeah, yeah but also, <laughs> I don't know. I like I also at the time I didn't know any different as far as like human versus alien shredder. Like that was just the shredder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, <laughs> but also, but, it as it was. but I remember like a lot of people were upset about that. Yeah, um, because they just they just didn't like that. You know, oh, it's different. You know. Yeah. Oh, something that the fandom complains about today. Oh, it's different. We don't like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, I wasn't like, I, I must have not been imagine on. Imagine if that happened today. Oh, I know. I, I wasn't like on the internet 
at nearly to the rate that I am today you know like I, I totally I didn't know I didn't even know anyone else who watched this cartoon and I didn't tell anyone I watched this cartoon because I was a freshman in high school and I was watching yeah. Saturday morning cartoons so like to me this was all awesome and I just got to experience it like myself without any external influence <laughs> on it and so it must I, have been nice like man this this hit like every note for me for a long time yeah, so. I was I was checking I was checking the Technodrome forums every now oh, yeah. and then stay away from the Technodrome forums yeah don't go to the Technodrome yeah. forums nowadays um, but, but yeah, like it was just, it was, it was just, it was a wild time. Cause also too, like this was when, you know, the internet was becoming more and more like commonplace. So mm-hmm. talking to other turtles fans about this kind of stuff, um, was brand new. Yeah. What's cool. And, they, they made this big change. Cause like, otherwise I feel like this show would just be more like it, it would be so close to mirage like it had, it had to do something different to separate itself from the comic you know yeah and the, and that's the kind of stuff that I like i can appreciate about it um because i actually don't mind that shredder is a neutron um i think that's an i think that's an interesting twist because like i'm not like i don't mind references to like the original material like seeing that like oh like that's how they did it there like i'm watching the last of us on hbo Mm -hmm. um and you know spoiler alert for episode three which is like two weeks old at this point when this episode comes out um but like episode three heavily deviates from the game and that's fine like if i wanted if i wanted to just see the game exactly like i would just replay the game and i've said this before about this show like wanted to see mirage i would just go read mirage mm-hmm. um but like one of the big changes in like the leonardo uh when they adapt the leonardo issue is you know you have hun who hun is still one of my least favorite characters in the show just bad design bad character all around oh i like see him. i like him too like especially because as it goes on like you end up i don't know getting more out of him you end up seeing you know the, how he switches to being like leader of the purple dragons and kind of getting his own operation after shredder goes as well as infinity gauntlet in the last season yeah. <laughs> like it's a big gold with gems all over it it's never explained where he got it or like what the purpose is i'm a hardcore gamer have yeah. been like, for years <laughs> see like when i get when i get to that stuff like i'm sure i'll come around to it but like mm-hmm. hun in season one is just generic you know big tough guy and that's yeah like, yeah totally no i mean but he like falls out of graces with the shredder him and stockman do and so like this whole bit where like there's like this whole era where they're trying to like get back in good graces with him that's pretty good yeah that's when you end up having on the run yeah and and i I know about Han on the run and then you know that comes up in the same as it never was Mm -hmm. you know when he betrays everybody and like goes you know like oh master shredder take me back and Mm -hmm. he's like oh i can get rid of both of you in one shot and steps on him yeah that's a that's a pretty good episode. <laughs> like, like that, like that was years, like that was a, that was a funny bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's, I don't know. I, I if I get out of, I'm sure if I get out of season one, I'll like I'll wind up liking the show because I also like I want to see the fugitive. Like I know he's in the show, and I know yeah, they go on like I they, I know they go on all those space adventures. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. It's season two. Like you just yeah. got to get to season two but yeah that's another one i remember was like them disintegrating at the end of that episode 
right before they go to space and uh-huh. being like oh my god i can't wait for next week because <laughs> like, this was all you know i hadn't read the comics or anything this was all new to me like i had grown up with the 87 series which was cartoony and this was i mean yeah it was cool yeah well like they were because i i remember when they were re-airing the turtles in space arc because i missed them when they actually got to fight in the gladiator ring because they they were re it was like a rerun and i remember that week i was like oh man because as a kid i don't know everything there was so much stuff where people fought in gladiator rings and granted you know ninja turtles had done that way before this but you know the coliseum was just absolutely fascinating to me as a kid you know gladiator battles just ate that up and so i remember i the trailers you know showing this gladiator fight and everything and i'm super excited and then boom soccer game right (laughs) right in that time slot missed it It wasn't until i was older that i finally got to see it man gladiator fights were all the rage but well, there was, whole, there was a whole movie, Gladiator. The, the movie Gladiator, yeah, by Russell Crowe, yeah. Oh, wow, another thing that the show Bart. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> All right, well, the yeah, my my other thing with this one, like speaking of episodes, like same as it never was, and there's also, you know, Exodus towards the end, where the show gets ambitious for what it tries to portray in a children's cartoon with censorship, Um where there's moments that like really would have been better punctuated with like just a little bit of gore to like really let you know that a character has been hurt, you know, where it just feels like super bloodless and kind of like, I don't know, not, I don't know, just kind of bland because like, like there's a whole like scene where like Leo gets stabbed in Exodus and he's supposed to be like season three finale, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so he's supposed to be like super hurt. But like it just never really feels like it quite conveys that, and it's it's like really just missing like maybe just like a couple drops of blood, or or something you know like that sounds maybe you know like me trying to be edgy, but I do actually think that there is a place for that in storytelling, especially when you get to a story like that uh, where you know characters are getting like really actually hurt, and to like truly show that you kind of have to. To show a little bit of blood. I don't think this, you know, show should have been filled with Ninja Turtles chopping everyone's heads off and killing everyone all the time, <laughs> or you know, even even large amounts of it. But I do think it's important to punctuate those big high stakes moments with just a little bit. And they tried doing that. Well, they, you know, they they tried doing those high stakes moments without being able to truly fully capitalize on it with those details that yeah. convey that. That would be like my one. Well, not my one, but that's one thing of mine that like I get where they were coming from. It was censorship because of cartoons, but man, you know, they're being ambitious for what they wanted to do with a children's show uh, or something that, you know, had to air on a network called Four Kids. But uh, (laughs) hard to say it's not a children's show when it's airing on Four Kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I did like that they were like at least still bandaged up the next mm-hmm. couple episodes. I didn't quite understand yeah. how Leo got stabbed and then like he lost a piece of his shell for season four. Like yeah. I never quite pieced that together. But I, I agree with you. I actually have a like similar complaint about a different thing, which is that like even when the show does really serious stuff, like it mm-hmm. won't ever just let the episode end without a joke. I know this happens like a lot of times, but there's one specific that always stands out to me, which is like the one where they first meet Leatherhead. Uh-huh. It's revealed that Leatherhead's working with Baxter Stockman. A whole fight breaks out and uh, like the roof starts caving in and Leatherhead like s- sacrifices himself to keep the the roof up while the turtles leave. 
and then it all comes crashing down on him and like as far as they know like he's dead mm-hmm. and uh instead of just like ending it there like letting the episode in michelangelo has to say something stupid like uh well he really brought down the house but like yeah yeah just let it like you know i i know sometimes the series gets like oh it's so serious and gritty and grimdark but like really it it won't let itself have those moments without undercutting it with a joke mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's one of the reasons why like i really don't like this michelangelo is that he he really does kill a lot of the momentum in in those kind of scenes mm-hmm. and it's like the i i feel like he really does like he's bringing not he's not bringing the show down but he's really keeping it from getting to those kind of moments that everybody's like oh like this is the grim dark turtles and it's like that's really not yeah but because, I, feel, like, I feel that same way usually like with the, like the 1990 movie a lot though too like it, it is something that Ninja Turtles just kind of has a bit of a history of doing it is a problem but like I would say that you know oh, all that hardware must be for cutting coleslaw as they're like mm-hmm. facing off against the big bad guy they've been building up to the entire movie or you know wheel of fortune you know or whatever like the whole oh a fellow chucker after their brother's just been thrown through a window you know half alive like yeah you know i mean when you put it that way just about every turtle series is guilty of this the the one that gets me is when donatello yells california roll i'm like you're not there's no fish in the scene whatsoever or sushi yeah anyway (laughs) one thing i really like about the show that i don't see in a lot of other media um maybe like ash versus evil dead is the only other one is like they show like what Leo is doing is not healthy. Like he's the he's the best fighter. He's a natural leader. He puts all the weight on his shoulders. He's a perfectionist, mm-hmm. and that's really really actually bad for you. And like he gets this response to a, a, some trauma he goes through. That's like just to be super duper independent. Yeah, and I I think that's really cool. I I like this Leo a lot better than other Leos because it shows like the the bad side of having a personality like that. Of the. Uh... The older sibling trauma i think a lot of people would call it you know like yeah the whole, like yeah, you yeah. have to be the you have to be the one to carry the weight you have to be the one to, to shoulder the load and yeah like it definitely like mm. you know if it gets to the point where it totally breaks him for season four yeah oh yeah which is I mean, and you see you see you see that in season one and like that's that's good to hear that that kind of stuff pays off and like it that's an, that's an interesting thing to see for leonardo is like he yeah, he put he puts all that weight on him and, and to kind of show that like that it's unhealthy. Like that's that's neat. Yeah. Leo's usually kind of milk toast, but I think he's really good in this show. Well, I mean, again, like this is this is the second like animated Leo. So mm-hmm. what are they gonna do to differentiate him from the come on guys, we gotta go fight Shredder? Like yeah. <laughs> well, actually give you him know. a personality for starters. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, they gave him a personality and the other one, they just gave him like 10 personalities. Right. Um, Whenever they need someone to he's, swap he's the personalities, Renaissance it's, it's Leo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like, but this one, yeah, like it's, it's neat to kind of, to give him that kind of complex of he has to be the best, but it's really, he, it just, it really shows that he isn't because he's so constantly hard on himself and yeah he becomes a liability yeah yeah and it it becomes a liability and um i really do want to see that kind of arc arc pay off and i hope it does don't tell me if it does because i want i'm trying to go into the rest of this show really really blind okay well i won't i won't spoil 
too much more than I guess. <laughs> I mean, if you tell me they go to the future next, I'm gonna be real disappointed. They go to the future. <laughs> I was at, I was at the right age, definitely for that season for for season six. Like I was ten years old. It really worked for me. Like I was just like, oh, cool, they've gone to the future. Uh, you know, and it did get more lighthearted and have more jokes. But I also really loved those jokes. Uh, you know, like I've I've never been a fan of like cartoon shows that do that where they're like they send the main cast to the future for some reason. Like mm-hmm. you can tell I was I like I was at that age where like I understood cartoons enough where seeing the big shift in the redesigns like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's the in space, it's the big, you know, adding a new character that's never been there before kind of thing. Yeah. Um and that always that's always turned me off of a show. Um, yeah. And so I kind of like look at look at it with turtles and I'm like, uh. for me, and, it was it was my first one, uh, I guess, that had done that. And I would like I said, I was at the right age for it. And and so I don't know, like like a lot of the jokes and stuff like that to me were funny, like when Michelangelo decides he doesn't. And so they all get to like make their own weapons in their minds when they're in the future because they lose their weapons with this machine. And so, like, of course, Leo makes some new swords. Raph makes some new side. Like, Donatello makes this, you know, kind of futuristic bow. You know, they can do different things with them. But then Michelangelo just comes out in this mech suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's a good one. Goodbye, some gems in that. Hello, Mikey 3000. Yeah. Uh, There's some good episodes in Back to the Future. I, I like, speaking of things like getting set up and then paying off, I know, Mike, you're not a fan of the Turtle Titan, but there's a really good episode in Fast Forward about, like, him meeting the future turtle Titan who was inspired by Michelangelo and Michelangelo's reaction to that. And he's a huge jerk about it. It's a really good, well-written episode. It's mm-hmm. not that I don't like the turtle Titan. It's just like, I have a hard time like reconciling like other superheroes with the turtles. Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird to be like, Oh, mutants, uh, mutants are, aren't a thing in this world, but superheroes are like, I mean, it's just like this, I don't know, to me, it's one of those things that just makes the world bigger and richer. Like, I don't know, like it's, you know, you have, yeah, like these different superhero teams and they've got their, you know, you know, you've got Silver Sentry fighting Malignus and, uh, you know. Malignus is a recurring character as well. Mm -hmm. I think he shows up in the future too. I think it's just like, why don't they all, like, why haven't they gone after Shredder? I think that's, that's my thing. Because like if if the foot is it's the same, giant... it's the same reason that Superman doesn't fight Two Face, or you know, go to Gotham and just you know fly around and yeah, round but, up a whole ton of Gothamites well, and throw them in prison. You know, isn't the Justice Force based in New York? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's so then the it's tower not. Is. So then it's not like Superman fighting Two Face because Superman's not in Gotham. Well, but they've got like their own villains to fight, though. You know, it's like they've got like big super villains, not like clan of ninjas. You know, it's, it's like how, uh, I don't know. You, you take some of your bigger, like Marvel characters and they don't go and like, take out the hand. Like that's daredevil's villain. Yeah. You know, and those and are... like, uh, Rokusaki was, like, the the was the savior of the city. He was, he was a huge human humanitarian. Like they didn't yeah. know he was a villain until it was revealed that he was a shredder and then an alien. I guess. By that time, he'd been exiled. 
And also during season five, the Justice Force does help fight Demon Shredder. They show up and they That's they true, all help yeah. when it's a big ginormous like world ending threat. Oh, that's when they show up, of course. Uh, well, yeah, they're busy fighting other the, world ending threats. It's above their uh it's above their pay grade to fight the shredder <laughs> until it's world ending. <laughs> There's other things going on here besides just the shredder and the foot, you know? Uh but yeah, no, I think it's I don't I, I like it for me to me. I think it benefits from having them there. Uh the other thing that I mean, the other thing this episode did, like not episode, but the other thing this series did is like I said before, how it created things that like come back later that are like big characters that, you know, continue to be used like Agent Bishop. Uh, just the fact that they kind of have like this, this character that is, you know, he was wronged by aliens in the past and experimented on and things like that by them. And so now he has a hatred for all aliens, uh, no matter what, and other things that aren't human. And, you know, it you can see it manifest as all sorts of mm-hmm. um what's what i'm looking for trauma i mean not necessarily trauma but it manifests as like him being sadistic you know towards them and, and towards mm-hmm. non-humans uh it, it's just it's it makes for like a really cool interesting character you know he's like super fast all the the fight scenes with him are super cool too I yeah they're really good (laughs) yeah like like hunt on the run has probably my like I I mentioned that episode all the time but it's probably got my favorite fight scene in the whole in the whole thing where you have Bishop taking on Han the turtles and eventually Karai as well kind of gets thrown in there and he does all sorts of over-the-top things like taking off his tie and wrap you know using that as kind of like a weapon to like wrap around Hun's hand and and throw him around and kind of things it's just super cool and he also just has like over-the-top lines (laughs) that I mean, are you know just ridiculous but also fun i mean when i look at you know bishop all mm-hmm. i see is agent smith from the matrix as well i mean fair he's also abraham lincoln though isn't he or am i thinking of something else i think you're thinking of something else i'm like, thinking he, he that was invincible my bad okay but uh, he's he is the president in the future though so yes but the okay so but um We've gone this long. We haven't even mentioned uh, Baxter Stockman. Yeah, um, yeah. I I like this Baxter Stockman. I really like this Baxter. Yeah, um, massive improvement. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, massive improvement over the '87 version um, and the Mirage one too. Frankly, like the one that had one issue, <laughs> and then it kind yeah. of came back in Volume Two, and and I think we get to see a bit of the Volume Two Stockman in this. But yeah, so I was watching the Return of New it. York when he's in the in the cyborg. It like it heals the way that his cyborg did in uh volume two, which is kind mm-hmm. of cool. Yeah. yeah, he's he's really cool. He's he's good at this show. Just awesome. yeah, just an incredible version of this character. Yeah, well, because like you kind of want to punch him in the face all the time because he's super pompous and everything else, but at the same time, like you kind of pity him because of mm. everything he's going through. But yeah, but also like you don't want to pity him because he's such a terrible character. And yeah, (laughs) uh, this is this is one of the better like voices in this show entirely. Mm -hmm. Like Scott Williams, uh, just an incredible performance. Like even even when he's like just a brain in a jar. Yeah, like (laughs) he's he's still a pompous asshole. 
Yeah. Well, and the, the biggest thing about it is like the episode, like insane in the membrane, like really helps like tie I specifically the whole character together. I specifically did not watch that episode. Uh, it's crazy. even though that was recommended to me, I didn't watch it because I want to save that for when we watch it. Okay. Well, I, I will save it for when we watch it, but I will I know, say that, I know that's the Baxter episode, but yeah, it, it does a good job of like going into like even his childhood and his trauma from that. Uh, and even just, like one tiny, I guess, little detail from it is that like when he's a little child, you can see him having fun, like torturing ants, you know, which is probably the most mild thing you can have of animal torture. Uh, you well, know, so you can kind of already see that that's he's a got sign. Of, that's a sign of a sociopath. right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a sign of a sociopath. So it's really cool that they, you know, do that. It's not, it's not cool that he's a sociopath. I mean, it's not cool that he's a sociopath, but like from a writing standpoint. No, right. No, I, I got you. That, they, that they're illustrating that and showing that, yeah, this guy has, you know, he's always kind of had that, but then these other further things happen in his life that mm. have definitely made it so that he doesn't have that moral compass in his life to help him overcome that. Anyway, it's, it's a really good episode. It makes you feel sorry for Stockman again. You're like, why do I feel sorry for this? <laughs> <laughs> for this terrible person yeah yeah i like that this um uh especially like the april um this show's really kind of solidified that it takes place in the early 2000s because of the, all the fashion that everybody's wearing yeah <laughs> like her uh her trench coat and tube top combo yeah yeah, the, yeah. The or, or even or yeah even just the crop top and the super wide leg khakis mm-hmm she does eventually get other clothes as the series goes on. Like you'll see her like in a white and yellow striped shirt, t-shirt the other day. Like I was watching it and I was like, okay, yeah, she does wear other clothes. That isn't yeah. the, the crop top, which I like because most shows also don't do that with their Aprils either. That They usually have her yeah. in the same getup all the time, every single episode, you know, with a few minor exceptions. I don't know, like 87 April, she's changing costumes all the time. Yeah, but it's, it's always the same princess costume though. <laughs> I mean, fair, yeah. but she get, she does get her sweet jacket later on. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a, it's a very early. Um, you know what? I also don't like. I don't like that red for her hair. It it is an interesting red, and I think it's, it's, it's just a bottle. It's a bottle. Things. It's a bottle red. It's not. It's not a natural redhead. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. It's a it's a dyed red hair. Man, another another few like couple just like little. I guess characters though that they that they brought in here. I guess I have one other, two others that I liked. The voice acting for them is awful and annoying. I know this; it's it's okay. But touch and go are just such a great concept because they kind of take like the Wonder Twins, but give them powers that are actually good <laughs> and useful. And they're evil. They're like mercenaries, you know, assassins for hire. Um, I, I don't know. I just like the concept. I'd love to see them come back again. I, I just feel like, you know, them having to like give each other fist bumps to kind of like recharge their power kind of thing, or just like, you know, touch each other. Uh, and then one super strong and the other super fast and they yeah. can do, I don't know. I just think it was like a fun, cool idea that is essentially kind of like the wonder twins. They do make that joke. Michelangelo calls them the wonder twins at one point. Makes for good. Like the video games based on the show are really good and their, their boss fights. I remember very well because you kind of had to keep them away from each other. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they'd power back up. You know, it makes for a good video game fight. I tried yeah. replaying the the original one. Um, I only ever had the first game. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I think the I think the first game is the weakest in in my opinion. But um, yeah, it's like it's it's funny because like I hear I hear a lot of different like statements on it. 
the the first one i don't mind it it's just it's very slow and then you know you have the iconic you know eat feet eat feet, eat feet. <laughs> right um, such a let's good play move, a stick though. ball i'll play yeah. i'll be the you're what you'll be the stick, stick ball you be ball. the oh you be the ball I oh, yeah the i have the stick yeah. you be the ball there it is there we go yeah. it's like yeah. yeah like they only have like five voice lines and yeah. they just constantly repeat dive um, bomb dive bomb yeah. dive bomb the um and i think and i think part of what um makes it really hard to replay nowadays is that it's it it's basically like the show like it's not an original story or anything um it's just episodes from the show you're just playing through them but it takes like episode one and it chops it up into like 12 chapters yeah and you gotta get through <laughs> all 12 before the game even saves yeah, and you got to get well you got to get through yeah and you got to get through all 12 to just get to the second episode and it's just I mean, yeah, it's, it's playing clips from the show it's six chapters uh okay, so per so. level <laughs> but, but yeah but you have to beat all six chapters but it it's yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It just, and it just takes forever because it's so slow and like the enemies are kind of the same um so it's it, it it's it's not a bad game it's a very early 2000s you know konami beat them up which like that was a big thing too because like this was like the first turtles game that konami had made in years um, yeah they totally skipped the whole like first era playstation in 64 dreamcast era yeah well again because again the turtles were dead at that point yeah like, there wasn't there was no new turtles content like nobody wanted to touch the franchise mm. which is kind of what again makes 2003 like really a thing that saves the franchise because mm-hmm. it was such a good relaunch um that it eventually nickelodeon was like all right let me see what you're doing there mr laird yeah no i mean it ran for seven seasons you know uh which means that eyes were on it you know granted who knows how many because it's four kids yeah uh you know so that's that's the, one of the other issues that i feel like the show faced as far as being able to achieve popularity and maximum popularity was that it was on four kids and you're during this also during the era of like the switch to cable uh you know i know that most kids my age were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh and probably still pokemon too but you know a lot of that stuff was on wb kids that later turned to the anyway and then until cw kind of became the cw for kids but it was kind of like phasing out as far as Saturday morning cartoons goes as everyone, you know, everyone is getting cable and watching just Nickelodeon and. And I mean, and, and like, yeah, like you said, like the, the Saturday morning cartoon market was, was changing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, seven years is also a really long time in children's programming. So yeah. Yeah. 155 episodes. That's a a lot of episodes. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of episodes. Like it's like 26 episodes per season. Um, which is, which is very healthy, but then also like at the same time, like, you know, I was 17 when the show started, I was 24, you know, when it ended, you know, I was way, I was a totally different person. Yeah. By then. Um, and so I imagine like a lot of the kids, you know, like you growing up watching it, like I'm sure your taste kind of changed, but then also like kind of what brought me back into it and like made me pay attention again was the 2007 movie. Yeah. Um, where I could be like, okay, like it's a whole new thing. It connects kind of back to what I know. Um, you know, and it's the novelty of seeing the turtles on screen. And then that's when, you know, they kind of 
merged the two concepts. So, so the 2003 turtles kind of became the 2007 turtles kind of like in design wise with the back to the sewer season, mm-hmm. which ultimately like closes the show. Yeah. And I remember that's the one that kind of bothered me. It wasn't fast. It wasn't the change from fast forward, but the change from fast forward to like back to the sewers is when I like started, I don't know, getting, I guess, perturbed by the thing changing, <laughs> you know, and moving to like another thing, you know, they're in the internet and they're fighting things on in the internet. Uh, and I mean, and, to, and that's another thing that I hate yeah. about shows from that era too. It's like, Oh, we're going into cyberspace. And right. Space. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there was supposed to be another season that was like kind of in development where they would like team up with their, their toddler cells. The so pots. that was, yeah. that was a potential thing that was going to happen instead of back to the sewers. Oh, okay. It was, it was yeah. instead of back to the sewers. Okay. I thought it was another season. No, it was instead okay. of back to the sewers and thank goodness that didn't happen. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's only one episode I skip in my watch throughs of the 2003 series. And even in season seven, I try to watch them all, but I skipped the incredible shrinking Sterling. Oh, that is a god awful. That is like one yeah. of my least favorite episodes of any show ever. Very annoying. It's like the worst 24 minutes of television that's ever been produced. <laughs> I, I do not like it. And now, nowadays, the Pluto TV Turtles channel is almost exclusively, it seems, a 2012 show. But for a good like month and a half, every time I turned that on, it was that episode. Oh man, I don't know why. It was well, it seemed so like annoying. they kept the same schedule. Like it got to a point where, like, whenever I tried to turn it on, it would always kind of be the same few episodes, and I was like, "Well, I, I've already watched yeah. these now like several <laughs> yeah. times. I can't just watch them again <laughs> with your annoying ads." Yeah, I'm glad. Thank you, Spencer. I'm glad that I am not the only person who hates that episode. <laughs> I'm glad someone else has suffered through it and also skips it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's the only episode I skip. I watch Garbage Man. I watch. <laughs> I watch everything it's, but that episode. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, I'll watch it again when we have to when we get there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just rem- just get prepared for some rants. <laughs> we will probably skip reflections though, since that's just the clip show episode. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was kind of, I think, a good hour of talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the show. Do- we should talk real quick. I have a couple Easter eggs for you. So um, anytime there's cops in this show, it's Eastman and Laird. Yeah. Little characters. Those, those two. Yeah. Um, there's also for you fans of Akira. Uh, there is Braff does the Akira motorcycle slide in the beginning yep. of this of the show, which is pretty cool. And uh, speaking of motorcycles, uh, Planet Racers was a comic about space motorcycles published by mirage and they show up in the show along with the cowboys of moon mesa uh, which was another mirage uh idea the brainchild of ryan brown and yusagi ojimbo makes appearances in the show as well so uh krang makes an appearance in the show but not as krang the brain (laughs) but as just like passingly like as a passive utron who's complaining about walking on his tentacles uh Yeah, the, the so the thing I want to add about the Planet Races episode is that happens when all the turtles get sent across the universe by the ultimate Draco ninja combination. Uh, you know, so Donatello gets sent to the same as it never was universe. That's the one everyone focuses on. But Raphael, yeah, he gets sent to the world of Planet Racers, mm-hmm. uh, which is Leo yeah, an actual comic. Usagi Ojimbo's or Mimoto Usagi's planet and then 
Michelangelo meets like the superhero versions of the turtles who yeah. appeared in volume four. Donatello before. really drew the short end of the straw. <laughs> oh yeah. By a <laughs> like, wide margin. Like everyone's just like, where did you go? And Leo's just like, I've got to meet up with Usagi. Raphael's just like, I got to race space bikes. And then Michelangelo, I met us as superheroes. Donatello's just like, I watched all of you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> horrible, horrible deaths all at the horrible same time, deaths. right in front of me. <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that um the turtles last name in this one isn't uh hamato it's splinter son it's splinter son mm-hmm. splinter son <laughs> that's weird because i watched the what the big brawl and mm-hmm. they call him hamato splinter right he's hamato yeah, splinter weird. yeah hmm. but they decided to call himself splinter but the, son but, I guess. but the turtles are splinter son interesting i mean it's like on an idw they call themselves splinter clan now they took his name instead of being like clan hamato or hamato clan well, i mean they they were hamato for they were until yeah, until yeah. they until he died but like yeah spoilers for a comic that's like five years old but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway i i love this series uh you know a lot of, it's a lot of its nostalgia i grew up with it but at the same time i just feel like it does such a great job of like enriching Ninja Turtles in general with everything that it brought in uh the fact that it adapted like the Mirage comics but at the same time allowed itself to deviate and create new things and do new things with the characters uh and on top of all that like I said it it does a great job of building a universe around them that feels like lived in and and feels like it's big and massive and like they're just lost in the middle of it like I'm I'm eager to I'm I'm eager to give this show like a real try now. So Yeah. I'm sure my glasses are a little rosy as well, but I really think this holds up a, a lot better than a lot of other cartoons. And I mean, for everybody who's like, man, I wish they would just give us a show that's like the original Mirage comics. Like they did. This is it. They yeah. animated it. Watch this. You know, it's really good. It holds up. It's got some great moments. Awesome. So happy 20th anniversary to the 2003 series. So, <clears throat> so yeah, we also got a few emails from people who also grew up watching the show or have really enjoyed watching it at the very least. Yeah, I put out a request for uh, you guys to let us know what you thought of the show, uh, if you had any fun memories, and we got uh, we got some good responses. Yeah, so we got some fan art from Shirelli Bakari, and we will be sharing that on our Instagram uh and other social media platforms for you to be able to see it's pretty fun art uh and then christian arhar uh says to us hey dudes i just wanted to write to you for your 2003 cartoon retrospective ah the 2003 cartoon i remember watching the very first episode and i was blown away it was so different from any other tmnt show that we had got before i grew up with the classic cartoon and it is the show that turned me into a tmnt fan for life I also enjoyed the next mutation for what it was, but then the 2003 show came and it was so different. There were story arcs, character development, and adaptations of classic Mirage stories. It was funny, but it also had some great great action scenes. And the toys were fantastic too. You must know that I'm from Austria, Europe, and over here, and over here, only the first two seasons were shown on TV. So on German TV, the show ended with the start of the Triceraton invasion, which was quite unfortunate. Luckily, my English was good enough so I could watch the whole show over the years. 
I really love the 2003 show from beginning to end. Yes, also fast forward and back to the sewer. And who could forget Turtles Forever? I always get the feeling that the 2003 cartoon is like the unloved stepchild of the TMNT cartoon shows. People always talk about the 1987 cartoon or the 2012 show, or even Rise of the TMNT. But I get the feeling that 2003 cartoon is forgotten by a lot of TMNT fans and not a lot of people talk about it anymore. That's really sad. I mean, it was a huge success of its time. It got seven seasons with 155 episodes. That's amazing. So let's celebrate 20 years of 2003 cartoon. It's a fantastic show, which also got really dark at times. Same as it never was or insane in the membrane come to mind. Mm -hmm. And it's the closest we ever got to the adaptations of the Mirage comics. The show deserves all the love it can get. Cowabunga dudes. Oh, by the way, love your podcast. Keep the episodes coming. You're doing a great job. Christian. Oh, Christian, thank you so much. Christian, thank you, buddy. We really appreciate that. So, yeah, that's really nice. Thank you. From the so bottom that of was heart. Christian from, from the podcast, TMNT The Talk? Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. Uh, friend of the show and IDW artist, Sarah Shinji Meyer. Uh, just, uh, we were, she and I were talking about it and she was like, oh yeah, she's like, I, she really loves the characters, characterizations of these turtles. Um, and especially this version of Raph and Dawn. Awesome. And then our next email comes from Spencer Condon. He says, hi, I saw your open call on Twitter for fan memories about 2003 TMNT series, and it's a show that means a lot to me. So I figured I'd send something in. The 2003 TMNT series, along with Teen Titans, was what made me want to be an artist and specifically an illustrator for, of comic books. The cool dynamic art and designs in the show were so inspiring and interesting, and it made me want to make something just like that when I grew up. I loved the relationships between the characters. I think this might have the best Leo Raft dynamic of any TMNT, and how the stories never felt predictable or boring. It was also the first TMNT thing I ever saw, and it made me a lifelong fan of the franchise. As I got older, I also began to appreciate how many new characters and concepts the show introduced to the universe, which became fan favorites, elements that got introduced in 2012 and beyond. If I had to pick favorites, I'd say my favorite episodes are the Big Brawl arc, same as it never was, and the Exodus two-parter. Love the show. Can't wait to hear your thoughts in your retrospective. Stay rad at Snaptrap Press. Hey, you stay rad too, Spencer. Cowabunga. Thank you all for the emails. Yeah, thank you guys. Like, that, that was great. <laughs> what, uh, guys, if, if other folks want to reach out to us, where, where can they find us? You can follow us on all of the socials at Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, and you can also email the show at Ninja Turtle Power Hour at gmail.com. We love the feedback. So, guys, thank you so much for listening this week. And until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs>
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's ninja time. <laughs> there we go. I was going to say, they don't really like, they don't really have a catchphrase as much in this show, do they? They did in Fast Forward. They did That's fast when they brought in the, doing. Yeah. It's, ninja it's ninja time. time. No, there was turtle time too. I got to say, yeah. we didn't, we didn't talk about the opening theme songs. I, I don't there we go. mind. Bonus content. The, yeah, here's your bonus content. I don't mind the first four seasons. Like, it. It's a little all Nails. over the place. Nails on a chalkboard. I don't understand why it gets into spooky music when Casey Jones shows up. Yeah, what's that about? It's all over the place. My wife, my wife, when when we were watching it last night, was she's like, I'm just humming the 2012 theme song. I gotta say, though, much worse than that to me is the fast forward theme song it's so I don't, corny and hokey i don't mind it in that kind of mid-2000s like soft pop rock like feel mm-hmm. it's it's when donatello says it's so not yesterday yes so not yesterday off. yeah it's oh it, it's cringy but it's like I don't mind it nearly as much as the first the first theme song. Now, back to the sewers though. That's a bop. That's a banger. I yeah, love that. That's that might be one of the best theme songs of any show ever. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I do love the bad bad back. It got me super hyped. Like, cause I remember being excited for them to go back to the sewers. And like when I heard the theme song, I was like, this is super cool. The thing that I forgot though. Because I think we actually finally had internet at this point. Because I was pretty behind uh, on on all that stuff as as a kid. But I think we finally got it. I actually did go to the four kids website and voted on the theme song because they let you vote on what the new theme song was going to be for oh, season seven. Yeah. Oh so like they had like a hip hop version. You can find them on YouTube. All the different songs that were possible. That's awesome. Um, oh, I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, YouTube. I'm doing the, the right different now. options. This one, in my opinion, was definitely the best one. I can't remember if it's the one I voted for or not. I can't remember which one I voted for, but yeah, that's another thing that people, I think, also forget is that for a while on Four Kids, Michelangelo was like the spokesperson. No, uh, I remember Four yeah. Kids. Yeah. yeah, that I remember that. Like he did all of the bumpers and uh, commercial breaks. Yeah, um, I did. I did like that. There's there's that really famous. Um, fourth of july bumper with all the four kids characters and it's like knuckles uh, some characters from one piece ultimate muscle and uh-huh. michelangelo all singing like the star spangled banner or something oh, yeah <laughs> there's there's a lot of atrocities like that, <laughs> that were going on on four kids and it's uh, like yeah like 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 four kids four kids was a, like objectively a bad channel and network but like some of it was like really charming mm-hmm um i i loved sonic x uh i loved the 2003 series um chaotic also came on this one like that if you were to see how that thing is animated you would probably 
pull your hair you know i, I don't know i don't know what you would do but you'd hate it uh how it's animated <laughs> it was like that really crappy like papery looking like 2d animation where like everyone's like joints look like they're on a swivel kind of thing almost like they're puppets mm. uh but it had such an interesting concept like it was because I, I remember, I don't know, as a kid, I definitely was always like, why would I watch sports when I can play sports kind of thing? And so the concept of this show was you don't capture the Pokemon and have them battle each other or the monsters. You find them, you scan them, and you be the monsters. And you you go into the arena and you fight each other with the weapons and everything you scan by going and visiting the world of Chaotic. Uh, mm-hmm. Which was, was kind of a cool idea, you know, very, very interesting. Uh, it was animated poorly and probably was an awful show, but I liked it. <laughs> uh, I decided to go check out the Back to the Sewers theme. I don't think I've ever really watched it. I know I've listened to it before. Uh huh. Um, the Razor Scooter is back. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a future <laughs> or not future? I guess Back to the Past. Okay, so there's two episodes where he has a Razor Scooter. <laughs> it's but it's also like the like they're all wearing like X Games gear. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they don't, I don't think they originally did, but I think that to promote safety, like, I think they had to all have them wear it after the first episode where they didn't. It's like, it's like in the theme song and, oh, uh-huh. oh, it's bad. It's awesome. I don't know. I, I guess I grew up in the 2000s. I, I never learned to skate or anything, but skating is still cool to me. Like my TikTok, I'll just end up getting skating videos. But uh, <laughs> I guess it, any sort of skating at that age was cool. Rollerblades, scooters, it didn't matter. Like and when I was a kid, the person who had the lamest vehicle, I guess, out of all of them was Donatello. Like I was like, oh, the bike, that's not skating. That's not as cool. Uh, to me as a kid, like the scooter was preferable to the bike <laughs> for, for Donatello uh, in, in my child's mind but i honestly liked it a lot and once again if you want the turtles to be teenagers you know going around and scooters, getting yeah. out and skating and yeah. and having fun it's a teenager thing i mean no that that's that's the thing that teenagers do but oof. i found the video with all the theme songs with all the theme songs yeah that one but that that doesn't six songs voted on by fans to be this theme for season seven I can't remember if that one actually plays, if it just plays the music or if it actually shows you the theme song. There's at least video with it. I I haven't turned the sound off, so I don't know if it's the same video over and over. Yeah. I don't know, but the well, other I'll thing, find out. The <laughs> other thing that uh, not a lot of people talk about, and it was a promo for the new action figures that were coming out, and it would happen in between. It happened in tiny segments in between uh, episodes of different shows on Four Kids was the mayhem from mutant island story awful horribly animated really bad i remember watching it at one point yeah it's, it's on like youtube a you bunch, can of, find it. bunch of shorts they put together yeah it's like a bunch of shorts to create a not very good story that is also poorly animated and uh it's just to promote the new toys for the toy line because they didn't work gonna do it in the show <laughs> yeah, that's too bad but if you ever get a chance to uh See, watch Mayhem from Mutant Island if you want a, a weird little piece of forgotten Turtles media. You can find it on YouTube. Man, I want four kids back. I, I remember watching like Ultimate Muscle and uh, Kirby right back at you. 
Yeah. Oh, those Kirby like, right back at you. Yeah. Those were always like the bookend shows to this show. Uh, what was the other one? Um, Shaolin Showdown. Oh, was that was that Whoa. for kids? That's not, no, the Shaolin Showdown was. I think it was Kids WB. WB. Was that Kids yeah. WB? But, yeah, but Shaolin just, Showdown. I want to be fourteen again. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved Shaolin Showdown. Oh man, Shaolin Showdown, and then the things that were on ABC Kids at the time, or One Day Saturday Morning, was what it was before. Uh, like I remember, I'd watch The Emperor's New School and The Replacements. Those kind of came on early in the morning because Turtles came on at eight. So I watched one of those switch between each other when they aired at seven. Mm-hmm. So I'd watch that and then I'd switch over to Turtles on uh, or Sonic X or both on four kids. And then on Kids WB, you know, that's where I'd watch Shaw and Showdown. And there's also like this show called The World of Quest on there that I don't think anyone remembers. Uh, had a lot of like dumb crass butt jokes. Uh, I, of course, I loved it though. Thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, no, a lot of a lot of classic one season cartoons that I got to watch. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. I'm just looking at the lineup for. Yeah, I'm trying Focus to do now. trying to do a screen capture of Paramount Plus, and you can't do it. Oh, yep. Yeah. No, I've already tried to do that. You have to find. You have to use a the secret ways the dark arts to get screenshots of the 2003 series dark arts. 